Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Happy Hour at Bland. I'm Kayla Raskowski. And I'm Ashley Polstaway. And today's episode is all about tax planning. Yes, so neither Ashley or I prepare taxes, and to intelligently provide our listeners with meaningful information, we've asked two people from our firm, Bland and Associates, to join us on today's episode. Yes, two of our firm's experts in tax are Michael Saloff and Abby Welsh. They're both here with us today. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. All right, thank you both so much for joining us. And first, we'd like to start off with you both telling us a little about yourselves. Abby, we'll have you go first. How about your position at Bland? How long you've been at the firm? Maybe what your favorite food is, what you like to do on the weekends? Yeah, um, I've been with Bland and Associates for about five years. I started as an intern, was an intern for two years on and off. Then I went on full-time in 2017, and now I'm an associate, too, in the tax department. Cool. I like to go scuba diving. Oh. Um, I just bought a house, so we're doing some house renovations. That's fun. And I like hanging out with my dogs on the weekends. Perfect. Nice. What kind of dogs do you have? Oh, I have a pit bull and a Australian cattle dog. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's Very awesome. Fun. Mike, how about you? Uh, I'm a tax shareholder at the firm. I've been at Bland now for a little over 11 years. So I've been doing this for uh, almost 26. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. Uh, what I like to do uh, off work hours is uh, hunting, fishing, any type of outdoor activity like that. Have you gotten any game this year yet? No. Uh, I have not. No. All, All right. right. Well, nice. Thank you, guys. Before we get started, I should mention to our listeners that the information we share with you today is general and meant to be helpful and informative. It is not meant to replace professional consultation We recommend you consult with a tax professional regarding your specific set of circumstances. All right, guys, are we ready to get started? Yep. Okay, first, I have a quick joke before we get started. (laughs) All right, what's the difference between a taxidermist and a tax collector? I don't know what. Anyone? (laughs) The taxidermist takes only your skin. Oh, (laughs) Oh That's pretty good. Thank you. Oh, golly. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's just get get started. (laughs) So so we have some questions for you guys today. And first I'll ask Mike, how do I save on taxes without paying more in? Well, there's a number of things you can do to save some tax dollars uh, before the end of the year. If you're a business owner, look at your needs for uh, investment in new equipment and those types of things. You can uh, if you need equipment today or you're going to need it in the in the next three, six, nine months, maybe you consider pulling that purchase into 2019 rather than waiting until 2020. Uh, other things you can consider doing are setting up a retirement plan in your business and, and deferring some of that money into a retirement plan. Um, it's money out of your pocket today, but money you're going to get back uh, when you are retired. Uh, for, for those that maybe don't have a business, look at um, making charitable contributions. Now's a good time to do that. Uh, a lot of your charities are doing their year-end uh, fundraising right now. Uh, and also consider increasing the contributions to your retirement plan. Maybe if you get a year-end bonus, uh, put more of that in your retirement plan than you do your, your general paycheck because it's, it's some extra money maybe you weren't expecting or you don't have in your budget. Gotcha. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. All right, Abby, I'm going to ask you this question. Do I need to file a tax return? So it depends on everyone's situation. Everyone's a little different. But generally, you 
don't need to file one as long as your income is less than the standard deductions. And for 2019, the standard deductions are 12200 for single and married filing single, and then 24400 for married filing joint, then 18350 for head of household. Um, if your earned income is less than that, you generally don't need to unless you're looking to get that refund back. Gotcha. Um, so if you paid um, taxes in from your W-2, if you had withholdings, um, you can get that refunded if your income is less than those standard deductions. Wow. Okay. Good to know. It is good. All right. So I sold some stock for a large capital gain. Mm-hmm. Abby, help. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so first you want to get with your like financial advisor, broker, or if you're just using like a website, you want to get the information of what you bought that stock at and what you sold it for. The difference between those will be your capital gain. And then going back to it depends on your situation. Everyone's different. Um, depends on how much taxable income you have. If you're going to pay 0%, 15% or 20% on your long-term gains, if you've held it for longer than a year. Um, so there's different thresholds for your taxable income. And then if it's a short-term game, you're going to pay your ordinary income rate, which also depends on your taxable income. So you kind of want to get that capital gain number from your advisor or whoever and go from there. Sure. Okay. All right. And Mike, this is for you. What does the typical cost benefit look like for a client? Maybe money spent on assistance with TP versus tax dollars saved. But that's really going to depend on the the complexity of the situation. Mm-hmm. So um, the t- the tax planning, if if you're just got a W two uh, and, and you don't have other income, the tax planning probably isn't necessary. The cost to run the projection isn't going to provide you a lot of value because there's not a lot you can do. Um, you don't have business income. You don't have investment incomes, those things. So you really don't have that flexibility. Now, we do that for some clients just because they want to know where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. Hey, am I going to owe at the end of the year? Am I going to get a refund? If so, what does that look like? But for, for most people that just have that W-2 income and the withholding on it uh, that aren't planning to do, say, a big charitable contribution or something like that is not going to be able to get a real solid monetary value. Okay. Um, When should I start to consider getting stuff ready for tax planning, Abby? Um, I would consider starting to get it all ready late October, early November. The earlier, the better. Same with when you're getting your tax return prepared. Uh, The extended individual deadline is October 15th. So in my personal opinion, I'd like to reach out pretty quickly after that extended deadline to try to get everything in and everything done before the holidays start, before year end, just to kind of get that burden out of the way. Um, earlier, the better, in my opinion. Right. Okay, Abby, uh, another question for you is, yeah. what sort of documents or topics do I need to be ready for during tax planning? So this is another thing where it depends on your tax situation. Um, it's best to reach out to your accountant, or if you have a good accountant, they'll reach out to you. Um, so if you're just an individual, you don't own a business or anything, you'll just want your most recent pay stub. Um, it shows all of your income and your withholding, any pre-tax, um, any, anything going on in there. And then you want, if you're with a new tax firm, you want to give them your prior return so they can see what your prior situation was. They can pull all kinds of information off there that we might need. Um, and then you just want to note anything that's like significantly different from the prior year. So any capital gains you may have had this year that you didn't have last year, interest income, dividend income, and then any change in like your deduction. So your mortgage interest paid if you bought a new house or if you sold a house, um, any significant charitable contributions you might have made in the current year. 
And then if your dependent situation changed, if you had a new kid, if you had a kid pass away, that kind of stuff, that would significantly change your tax return. Um, And then individuals with a business, all the same as above for your personal side, but then we'll want your business financials through um, month end, so October 31st, or if you don't get stuff until December, it would be November 30th. Um, We have a lot of clients that are like really well integrated with our firm, so we have access to their QuickBooks We have access to their payroll. So it's kind of really like a painless process if you have it all integrated with your accountant. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can just pull all that information ourselves and we don't have to bother you except for, you know, maybe anything that's changed. Um, And then if you have a business that's in an industry where the fourth quarter like income might be different, so it might be lower, it might be higher. If you have a restaurant and you get really good business during the fourth quarter, we would want to know that so we can project it correctly. If you don't let us know, we'll just annualize it out per month. Um, but if your fourth quarter is higher or lower, that's definitely something to let your tax preparer know. Gotcha. And will my tax preparer have a checklist for all of these items? For tax planning, generally not. Um, we'll kind of look at last year and see what was given to us and what we may need for this year. Um, it's a person-by-person situation, so I don't necessarily have a checklist. But when it comes tax prepare time to actually re- prepare your tax return, then we will have a checklist. Okay. Yeah. So Mike, what sort of characteristics or criteria would make a business or an individual a good candidate for tax planning? Uh, again, it, it, almost any business is going to be a good candidate for tax planning, especially if they do investments mm-hmm. in equipment or look at those types of things, or they have some excess cash that maybe they would want to open that retirement plan for. So businesses, unless you have no excess cash flow that you can use, um, they're probably a good candidate. Individuals, uh, the very simple returns, probably not. If you're taking the standard deduction and all you have is uh, W-2 earnings, probably not a good candidate. Um, The more complicated your situation, if you have rental properties, if you have a self-employed business, Uh, farmers. Farmers in particular should be doing tax planning because they have a lot of flexibility in when they sell their grain, when they prepay expenses in in purchasing equipment. So basically the more complicated uh, this situation, the more beneficial uh, tax planning can be for a taxpayer. Okay. So a question for both of you. A lot of these uh, tax preparation, self-preparation softwares are becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. Are there individuals that are good candidates for that software as opposed to going to an actual CPA and having them prepare the return? Sure. Uh, The simpler the return, the better candidate you are for that Mm -hmm. software. You know, if you're, if you're a kid in college or you're uh, newly out of school, earning a W-2 wage and not taking itemized deductions, that software should work very well for you. Um, As you uh, earn more income and have a more complicated situation, then a lot of times it makes more sense to engage a CPA or some other type of professional tax preparer to assist with that. Yeah. Yeah, we generally don't see many, you know, college students, Mm -hmm. fresh out of college people come into our firm wanting preparations. We only really see that if their parent may already be here as a client and they'll just piggyback it on top of that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't get many 22-year-olds walking in (laughs) saying, prepare my tax return. Simple W-2, it doesn't really happen. Okay. Yeah, that's great to know. I have a quick question for Mike. Have you seen any 
need or any different um, questions come up from tax planning with the new tax bill? Uh, yes, we do. The, the qualified business income mm-hmm. deduction, uh, a lot of people, they may have heard about it but didn't really understand how it's going to affect them. And when you do the tax plan, a lot of times you get that 20% deduction yeah. off of their business income. And all of a sudden, their taxes are, in some cases, significantly lower than they were in the prior year with the same income or similar income. Yeah. And so a lot of discussions about that and how that's affecting our clients. Mm-hmm. Also, you want to you talk to your client about how you can maximize that. So in some situations, actually paying in, uh, having a higher wage to the owner of the business will increase the qualified business income deduction mm-hmm. and reduce their uh, reduce their tax, even though they're they're going to pay a little bit of payroll tax. But net net, mm-hmm. that'll be uh, better. Yeah. The other one is the the change in the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and along with that, then the the change in the ability to deduct state and local taxes. Yeah. Past all your real estate taxes, all your state income taxes, and all your personal property taxes were deductible. Now it's limited to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, really affects a lot of people. It does. Yeah. I mean, in, in a state like Nebraska with a high uh, mm-hmm. real estate tax, you know, four, five, six thousand dollars of real estate tax is not uncommon. And then you know, four, five, six thousand dollars of state income tax, and all of a sudden you're at that ten thousand dollar maximum. Yep. So, so people who had always itemized now aren't itemizing. So mm-hmm. the combination of the, the standard deduction going from 12700 to 24000 uh, and the limitation on that state and local tax deduction really changed that. So a lot of people yeah. were uh, concerned or questioning mm-hmm. why I'm not getting any benefit from my, my real estate taxes, my state and local taxes, et cetera. Yep. Um, is there anything, I've noticed that Nebraska, when you do your Nebraska return, it's a lot different than the federal now because they didn't change certain things. Is there anything you can do in just terms of your Nebraska return that would help you? Uh, the the biggest thing, it relates to that state and local tax deduction. Yeah. Uh, in the past, when you got that full deduction on the federal side, you had to add back those state and local taxes to mm-hmm. Nebraska. Well, now if you're, you're not getting that full benefit – so a lot of times, especially if your real estate taxes are reach that full ten thousand dollar limitation, then um, you're better off electing to take this uh, sales tax deduction oh, yep, yep. rather than the state and local income tax deduction. Mm-hmm. So um, when you do that, sometimes that can reduce your Nebraska tax by you know hundreds or thousands of dollars because Nebraska didn't change their law; they still add back all of the state and local tax deduction. So if you have $20,000 of state and local taxes, they add back all of that, even if you only got the $10,000 limitation. So something we look at on all of our Nebraska clients as we're doing that, we we run it both ways to see which is more beneficial. That's great to know. Yeah. I have one more question, actually. Yeah, please do. I like picking his brain. He's really smart. Um, Have you seen a change or a drop in charitable contributions since the standard deduction good question i think i think we have and i don't think it's changed necessarily people's um desire to make contributions but i know with a lot of our tax planning clients in 2017 Mm -hmm. uh with with understanding that rates were going to go down and 
itemized deductions were going to be limited. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think the numbers I saw was in the past 30% of taxpayers itemized. Now it's about 10. Yeah. So people weren't going to get those benefits. So what we had them do was contribute to a um, donor advised fund. Okay, so sure. they put in two or three or four or five years worth of donations in 2017. We're able to deduct that against higher tax bracketed income before the tax cuts went into effect in 2018. Um, and so then they're not making as many donations in 18, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. uh, assuming things don't change with the next election, then yeah. maybe in 2021, 20, 22, they replenish that donor advised fund and take mm -hmm. a deduction that year's, And then they go back to taking the standard gotcha. in those other years. Yep. Thank you both yes. so much. This was very enlightening and hopefully our listeners will feel a lot more informed and knowledgeable you guys covered a lot of important topics and we always say this to our listeners you we we don't expect you to be experts that's mm -hmm. why we are here but to just be aware and just have an understanding that these things exist and that they may impact you mm -hmm. is why we do this podcast so thank you both again that was yes. just so so helpful yeah Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks. <laughs> we'll probably be having you both back again. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website, www.blandcpa.com, and leave us a note. You could also rate and review the podcast on whichever app you used to access the podcast. We would truly appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much to everyone that tuned in today. We hope to empower our listeners to feel more confident when it comes to accounting and tax-related topics. Absolutely. So friends, with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye. Bye. A Parkville Media Production. <laughs>